We are off and running on a Thursday evening from the Circus Sportsbook. That is Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. This is the Nightcap here on VSIN. Handful of games in the NBA coming down to the wire, and two games coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll get you all you need to know about those games. But yes, for a second consecutive night, I have bet the Washington Wizards. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I have done that. And I am now watching Robin Lopez shoot free throws, hoping that the Wizards can beat the Toronto Raptors. They lead 113-110, to and uh, this is going to be a sweat down to the wire. Mr. Parles jumped in on this game in-game, so he's got a better number than I do. I took it at halftime. I, I took him down nine uh, minus, I think it was minus four second half, so... Plus five for the game, up three with 15 seconds to go. Just no overtime. You, what, did you, what did you end up grabbing here, Tim? I grabbed two and a half and the money line. Okay, so I got so, uh, plus, uh, was it plus 115 on the Wizards? And then, uh, yeah, the plus two and a half as you, well. You did pretty well because as soon as uh, Kyle Lowry was ruled out here, the favorites flipped and it ended up being a uh, two and a half point line in favor of Washington at yeah. close. So, Every single number is in play here in these last few seconds of this one. Yeah, you could potentially get a middle on this game if the Wizards win by one. Uh, that that could be a spot. Or or Toronto, depending on when you got it, because it was sitting there earlier today at Toronto plus two and a half. So that game coming down to the wire. Indiana, surprisingly, up on Atlanta. Indiana what went off as a six-point dog in some spots here in town, and they lead 116-111. to 111. Every Everything that can go wrong has gone wrong here, Jeff, with the Pacers. And, of course, they're up by five against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, the Hawks. Not the, if, they were Falcons. A, if they were playing the Falcons, that would really got be Kyle, a story. <laughs> I got Kyle Pitts on my mind. Over seven and a half wins. That would really be a story if that they were would playing be the Falcons. But, uh, look, uh, okay, that works for us. Give them the quick two. Now get the ball and bounce uh, for the Wizards. But on the Pacers, though, I thought this was a pretty reasonable bet on spot, actually, for Indiana tonight, as yeah. crazy as it sounds, because Atlanta throttled Phoenix last night. Indiana had that embarrassing outing with uh, with Goga and uh, assistant coach uh, Greg Foster last night. Yeah. Uh, Foster got suspended. Uh, uh, Biaditi, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, uh, got fined. And uh, the Pacers tonight, uh, again, just trying to stay in and host that 9-10 game, need to win some games, and right now in front with under six to go, now up four, 118-114. Uh, that game is trending to being a pretty easy over when it's all said and done. That close, 238 and a half, 239 mostly out there on this total. So unless if something horrible happens in the last six minutes, this game is going way over. Yeah, and another game, uh, going back to Washington and Toronto, the way Washington has played as of late this game, uh, it's at 227 as the total right now. So you're looking like uh, you're in good shape as long as this game doesn't go to overtime. We'll see what the Wizards decide to do. Uh, and Fred Van Vliet just hit a three with 1.3 oh, seconds great. to go. Oh, there we go. Now, we go. Got, now, now we're going to have to sweat this whole thing out in overtime. Yep. That's unbelievable. Does Washington have a timeout left? Uh, they do. Okay. And the Wizards just let Fred Van Vliet have a wide-open three. Yeah, that's not good for either of us. They that's are. terrible if you had the total here, because now you're a game that yeah, you're, you're supposed to win, you're going to lose. You're, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. Wizards will have a chance. Let's let's watch this disaster unfold. Look, I mean, he's just wide open. Russell Westbrook runs by him. What was Neto Nate, doing? Neto just says, ah, I'm not going to foul him here. Um, yep, that's, that's some good defense. That's what happens when you bet the Wizards. So, 115-115. Uh, 
uh, unless uh, the Wizards hit a miraculous shot here, this game going to overtime. Two games still to come, Oklahoma City and Golden State. Oklahoma City, the uh, the tankathon, they are 2-21 and in their last 23 games. On March 22nd, this was a basketball team that was 19-24. and Not that terrible. They've gone 2-21 and since. They are currently riding a four-game losing streak. They are a 14-point dog to Golden State tonight. Steph Curry's over-under is 35-and-a-half. And Draymond Green, 8-and-a-half points, 9-and-a-half rebounds, 9-and-a-half assists. The big boy tonight, Lakers and Clippers. We'll get you all you need to know about that game here in just a second. But let's get this thing rolling. It is the nightcap with a early sweat here. Wizards and Raptors is what we're keeping our eye on. Davis Bertans, overtime. Oh, that's not good for either of us. Overtime is where this game is headed down in Tampa. The Wizards had a 115-112 lead. Uh, we're milking a three-point lead in those final in that final minute. And then Pascal Siakam brings the ball down, gets it off to Fred Van Vliet, who looks around and says, Oh, yeah. We're down three, and no one's guarding me. Oh, that makes seem that seems to make a lot of sense. Of course, he's going to hit it. He does. We're going to overtime. And if you were a brave soul that played an under in a Wizards game, you're going to lose because the total in that game is two thirty six, and it's one fifteen one fifty. This is a dead under game, uh, and uh, it's never over until it's never under until it's over, Jeff. And yeah. that's what's going to happen there in the Washington Toronto game. Before this game gets started, though, let's just. Uh, let's jump in. Lakers Clippers, under most normal circumstances, when the schedule was released May 6th, we saw Clippers Lakers with about two weeks left in the regular season. We probably all thought to ourselves, ooh, maybe a, a battle for the one seed. Well, little do we know that it would be a battle for stay out of the play in game if you're the Lakers. They are an eight and a half point underdog tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers. And, uh, this is a line that has actually gone up a little bit. Open seven and a half, goes to eight and a half. You see the player props tonight. Paul George, tw- uh, 23 and a half points, six and a half assists, four and a half re- uh, uh, so, sorry, six and a half rebounds, four and a half assists for Paul George. Kawhi, 22 and a half points, six and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. And Anthony Davis, 22 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, three and a half assists. His uh, PRA, points, rebounds, assists, is 34 and a half. And since he's returned, Jeff, now remember, those first couple games he was on a very strict minutes uh, limit. But since he has returned, Anthony Davis has only gone over 34.5 PRA one time. So we'll see if that happens tonight. The Lakers uh, had tremendous defense uh, on Monday. We'll see if they can replicate replicate that tonight. That's really the only chance they've got uh, because no LeBron, no Dennis Schroeder. They're eight-and-a-half-point dogs here against the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, I, I don't really want anything to do with this game, Tim, because it wouldn't shock me if the Clippers just completely no-show here and this is a tight game, and it wouldn't shock me if the Clippers come out and try to prove a point tonight. So this is a, a completely unbettable game for me uh, that's coming up in a few minutes uh, there in L.A. And the only thing that I'm, I'm curious on, and, and we saw it the other night, Marcus Gasol played a lot he did. on Monday night. He played well. And he played very well. He played significantly better than Andre Drummond, who's kind of turned into 
a Laker fan punching bag over the last few weeks. Uh, so I, I wonder if if Drummond is ineffective early, if we just see a whole lot of Gasol instead of him. So I would be inclined to look at those Drummond props and bet them under, just in case if he is ineffective and we just don't see a lot of him. That would be the only angle I would look at in this game tonight. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a bad way to go, uh, no doubt about it, uh, because Marcus Saul did play very effectively on Monday. He was very good, yeah. And the Lakers are certainly trying to figure things out when it comes to that center position. And when it all when it's all said and done, the likelihood of AD playing a lot of center like he did down in the bubble in crunch time will probably be the way that they go. Uh, but we will see. The Dallas Mavericks did win tonight. Uh, so they currently have a half-game lead over the Lakers for the fifth seed in the Western Conference. Lakers uh, will be on the floor tonight. Dallas holds the tiebreaker against the Los Angeles Lakers. And then you've got the Portland Trailblazers there in the seventh spot. They are not playing this evening, and they are a half-game back. So the Lakers, if they lose tonight, once again, eight-and-a-half-point dog, they would then be tied with the Portland Trailblazers with a showdown with the Trailblazers tomorrow night. So uh, lots on the line for the Lakers and the Blazers, who the Blazers have have kind of turned things around here as of late. Still a horrendous defensive team, uh, but we know that they can they can get it going offensively, and uh, we will see. Uh, fast, I'm very curious to see that line. I think Portland probably a small favorite uh, tomorrow night when they take on the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in, in a critical game. Once again, no LeBron James, no Dennis Schroeder uh, as well tomorrow night. And uh, the Clips and Lakers about to get underway with the Clippers at eight and a half point favorite against uh, against the Lakers. Uh, I, I will say I do have one bet in the late night spot, and it is a first half line. I have laid the eight with the Golden State Warriors against okay. the tanking Thunder. Um, you know, for the Warriors, they can't mess around. Uh, they're a half game back of Memphis, who has, I believe, taken the lead. Uh, they're no, they went back. They they took oh, they're the, down they, ten. They took the lead briefly, and then Detroit just hit them with a big run again. So that's about to be a horrendous loss for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, and for the Warriors right now, I mean, think about how vital uh, tonight—not tonight, but just every game—and for them playing Oklahoma City, they do have two more games left against Oklahoma City. Looking at the schedule strength for these two teams, Memphis and Golden State, per Tankathon, Memphis 24th hardest, and uh, the Warriors right there in the middle of the pack at number 15. So if you're the Warriors, you can't mess around. you got to take advantage. you got to win big and just go out. And that was my thought process. We know the Thunder want nothing to do with this season. I mean, you know, they sent Al Horford home. <laughs> Shea Gilgis-Alexander is out as well. And uh, Steph Curry is is a, a, a man with a flamethrower strapped to his back. So hopefully they come out, take care of business right from the jump, cover the eight in the first half. My, my only worry about laying what was 14.5 earlier today, got bet, was 14, then went to 14.5, back down to 14. That's where it's going to close at, Jeff, was... The back door could be there. We've seen Oklahoma City. We saw it earlier this week. They were a five-point dog to Sacramento, outscored Sacramento by eight in the fourth quarter, lost by four. The back door could potentially be there. That's why I think Golden State comes out, gives them the haymaker, puts them on the canvas, and you're up 15 at half. Yeah, I look, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of laying that many points in an NBA game just because, uh, again, they, the NBA. they still are professionals regardless of how bad they may be this year. Uh, but look, it's just one of those where 
I do like your first half bet a lot more than I would the whole game sure. bet here because this could be one of those where you get the Steph Curry stretch at any point in the first half, and this is a 20-point game at halftime, and then you don't even have to worry and we've about seen, the back door like you said there, Tim. And we've seen plenty of times this year where Steve Kerr, if they've got a sizable lead, they won't even he'll play just, Steph just, Curry yeah, in just, the fourth quarter. He'll just take everybody out. Let's just win and uh, and move on. Right. So, it you know, for the Warriors, to get that eight seed would be so massive to avoid that 9-10 game and and to potentially just need one game to get into the postseason. Quick update on the bet that me and Jeff have. Wizards lead by one. Uh, if you had the under down in Tampa, yep. Sorry. That's, uh, Sorry. that's a tough one. <laughs> You know, betting an under in a Wizards game, while it was the correct side, it was the right side, you had to trust that they were going to fall apart defensively. And that's what they did. It was an absolute gaffe on the final possession for Toronto in overtime, in regulation. They hit the three, and, uh, and here we are, 121-119. So we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully uh, we'll be happy by the end of this segment. But uh, at BetMGM here in town, there are odds for the exact... NBA Finals matchup, Jeff. And the favorite is Nets against Lakers at plus 450. Nets against Clippers, plus 550. Nets against Jazz, 8-1. to one. So it's fascinating when you look at Nets are the first three options when it comes to the NBA Finals matchup. They are the top three favorites. I'll give you one that I like. Okay. 76ers and Clippers. I still believe that Bucks Nets is going to be an absolute war. And I think the Bucks have a realistic chance to beat the, the Brooklyn Nets because the Nets don't play defense. Giannis has fallen into trouble when they played the Toronto Raptors two years ago and the Miami Heat a year ago. They couldn't figure them out defensively. Brooklyn doesn't know how to play defense. And I hearken back to what Chris Miles said on the show last night. And it, it does make sense when you think about it. He just has pretty much accepted the fact that it's going to be two of the three. It's gonna, somehow they're not all three going to be able to play together. If they all three play together, I mean, it, they are a, quite a, a, oh, a, is- a, a, a task to handle. So at 14 to 1, 76ers and Clippers, you can also get 14 to 1 Nets Suns, which I think a lot of people would uh, would look at and be intrigued by. I see one on the bottom right that I like. <laughs> I Hold kinda, on, let me see. I kind of like I kind of like the both Buck, of those actually. Bucks Jazz? N- uh, no, how about oh, bottom uh, right? Bottom right. Bucks Suns? How about both of those I kind of like? Because you bring up the potential, just again, a seven-game war war between Brooklyn and Milwaukee, while Philadelphia is sitting on the top of the bracket, two and a half, half games clear. Brooklyn now for the one seed, looking like they're going to get the one. As of right now, the New yep. York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks are sitting in the four-five. Where again, I, I look, I, I I said over the weekend, I thought it was really important for Brooklyn to get the one seed, so. If they get hardened back for the playoffs, they're mixing them in against opponents that they're just so much better than that it won't matter. Yep. Which, whoever gets the eighth seed will be the case for that. And if it was Atlanta and the Knicks in the second round, yeah, that would be the case. But if it's Milwaukee, that's a big problem for Brooklyn, but that also works for Philly because Philly has beaten the Knicks ten straight times now, Tim. And Atlanta, I just I don't think they're ready for prime time. 
I think Brooklyn is, once again, it's hard to avoid it now. Um, And I wouldn't say that Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are really frightened of anybody. They, They shouldn't be. But I think Milwaukee poses the biggest threat to them, as we have seen. Now, they're two regular season games. They had no answer for Giannis. Giannis did whatever he wanted Correct. against them. And it's Steve Nash. And who's their lead assistant? You know, Mike D'Antoni. He doesn't know how to coach defense. He's a brilliant offensive mind. But what has been? What was the downfall of every team he ever coached? It was the defense. It was defense. The only, the only counter with that, though, in a Milwaukee Nets series is Mike Budenholzer has failed as much oh, as yeah. anyone in the postseason 100%. with really good teams. So... Uh, that that is working against Milwaukee, but but look again. He got outcoached he, he was the out- last two years by I mean, by Nick Nurse and Eric Spolstra, two tremendous coaches. It, yeah, well, like true, but here's the thing though. Even before that, uh, again, with that uh, before Giannis really took to the next level, though, uh, there Tim uh, didn't get out of the first round that la- that previous year against Boston in the series. Even though they were a seven seed, they probably should have won that series. Um, and then, like you said. You're up 2-0, though, with home court. You can't lose that series against Toronto, and they, they lost four straight. And then last year, again, I know they battled injuries, and it was a, a, a unique situation against a team that underachieved pre-bubble in Miami and then was just red hot in the bubble. They so got give, their butts whipped, though. Uh, oh, I, I, look, I was very happy because I bet Miami to win that series. There I, you I go. think a, a bunch of us at the network did. But but look, Tim, I, I think more than anything, though, just looking at those odds that we just saw for the, for the exact matchups, I go back to the argument on Phoenix where you have great guard play like they do and they have good enough depth and they play good enough defense and the Lakers are battered enough that Phoenix can get through. And for Philadelphia, it is going to be a big advantage getting the one seed because it is one less strenuous series than whoever comes out of the nets Buck series will have had. The one worry I have for the Phoenix Suns is the Lakers get the seven. Yep. That, that is, look, that's a legitimate worry. If the Lakers are the seven seed, and with that size, now you're you're banking on on health, obviously. Yeah. We recognize that. But, you know, the play-in, if, if the Lakers end up the seven seed, they take care of the Warriors or the Grizzlies, and you're taking on the Suns. Yeah, the Lakers, horrible the Lakers, <laughs> the Lakers are the favorite in that series. Yeah, the Lakers, absolutely. Um, and if you're the Suns, you have to be thinking, you've got to be kidding. Well, well, the La- here's the thing, though, Tim. The Lakers are going to be favored in their first-round series if LeBron is playing regardless of the opponent. Yep. Regardless of the seed. It doesn't matter if they go into the playing game, lose the first one, and have to win the eight-seed game and draw Utah in a 1-8. They will be favored if LeBron James is playing in that series. Yep. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, it's the same It's the same thing, too, that if you want to bet an exacto with Utah or have a – Western Conference future on Utah, where if Utah gets the unfortunate draw of getting the Lakers in the first round, it's like, well, we had our best season since Stockton and Malone were playing for us, and we're going to be a, a, a two-and-a-half-dollar underdog against the seven or eight seed in that regard. So your favorite matchup that we showed here was... Phil, Philly and Phoenix would be my favorite. Philly Just, and Phoenix, 35-1. Yeah. to one. I mean, yeah. yeah. And you're looking at Phoenix, who... Very well could be the number one seed. Could be one versus one? Right. And think about that. You could get an exact matchup at 35-1 to one with the two number one seeds. Yeah. I mean, doesn't, that, doesn't happen. That doesn't never, happen at all. That'll never happen again. Oh, never. Yeah, of course. Never happen again. Um, and I think if you like the Nets, I, I would look at Nets' Suns at 14-1. to one. If you believe the Nets, I, I think that is 
pretty intriguing value to get, once again, the number one seed in the Western Conference and the odds-on favorite in the Eastern Conference at 14-1. to Yeah. But I just go to the the Sixers and Clippers. Um, This is a matchup. I know it's the Sixers. You can insert jokes about their postseason failures, but you can do that about the Bucs. You could do that. Uh, we don't know what the Nets will bring. They've got a rookie coach in Steve Nash. Uh, you know, his lead uh, lieutenant is a guy that's never been able to get it done in the postseason. I know there were some shenanigans in the, you know, the early aughts with uh, with some players thrown into scorers tables and such in, in yeah. Phoenix <laughs> uh, that kind of derailed an opportunity there. But at 14 to 1, I just I keep staring at Brooklyn and Milwaukee, Jeff as a slugfest and as Brooklyn being the team that to this point hasn't showed us that they can put it together defensively and if you can't put it together defensively you've got a a a freak of nature from Greece who has uh got the capability pretty good of scoring 40 plus points are the Wizards gonna make us happy we'll tell you on the other side we're up and running it's the nightcap here on Visa. Tomorrow, VEASAN brings you the English Premier League betcast for the derby match between, who's it, who's it between? It'll be uh, Leicester City and Newcastle. All right, thank you. You got it. 3 p.m. Eastern, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, VEASAN EPL betcast is the best way to keep up with the sport, soccer betting action live during the matches. Join Nigel Seeley and Harry Simeu as they talk betting during the biggest match of the weekend. If you're new to in-play soccer betting, they'll show you the ropes and the smart plays of the day. Visit vcin.com backslash EPL to tune in at 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon. vsin.com backslash EPL. You know, I feel like my stress level the past couple weeks has gone down, Jeff, because I haven't been betting a lot of these NBA games. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the past couple of nights, I've said, you know what would be a great idea? Why don't I bet the Wizards? And they, they won both my <laughs> bets last night. I'm not complaining in that regard, but both were absolute stressors. Now, the two bets would have been pushes last night against the Milwaukee Bucks. First half plus two, full game plus four. Both come home thanks to late uh, second shots. But they're playing the Toronto Raptors right now. Oh, Robin. And it's 126-122. The Wizards have the ball. Russell Westbrook, and this is what's so maddening about Russell Westbrook, who is the most competitive guy, I would say, in the NBA. And sometimes it's to a massive detriment. And sometimes, I don't know what goes through his brain. He gets fouled, but they don't call it. He's frustrated. So instead of gathering it, he dribbles, jumps in the air, and throws a pass across the court. Of course it's picked off. And then what does he do, Jeff? He just fouls the Toronto Raptor. It was it was a great uh, it was a great three guns. By the way, I believe that was six on Westbrook too. So I yeah, he got fouled, fouled out. out. Fouled out. I too. mean, look, the dude had another <laughs> triple double tonight, and and this is what is so great. And this is preseason. I go back to my prediction for the Wizards. I said I love this trade that they got Russell Westbrook for for John Wall, and I've been a 
a critic of Russell Westbrook for many years because of the way that if you're a compet- if you're a contender, you're never going to win a championship with him being one of your main guys. Did they just foul Siakam going to the bucket again? Sure did. Oh man, sure did. This is this is a disaster. Well, that uh, should have been the charge act of a uh, of an end of the game here. So, whew. Um, at least your Warriors bet's looking okay so far. Yeah, twenty-two to twelve. Warriors. I laid the eight. I should have played. I, I I stared at first quarter. It was five. And That's I, a huge number. For huge the first number. <laughs> but knowing Steph Curry plays all twelve minutes usually in the first quarter, I felt pretty good there. Um, but man, it is uh, it is never easy uh, with the uh, Wizards. Uh, and uh, you know that's the beauty of this show is sometimes. We spend way too much time on a Wizards-Raptors game. In, There's nothing wrong with that. On May 6th. <laughs> so it's 128-127. Uh, uh, the Wizards do have the lead. 8.6 seconds to go. Wizards did go off, remember, as a two-point favorite when the news came out that Kyle Lowry was out. Earlier today, when we thought Kyle Lowry would be playing, Jeff, Toronto was plus two, uh, minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, an interesting, and I think you even mentioned it last night, Looking at this, and this this was a, as I would say, pretty stinky line. I was surprised Toronto was favored even with Lowry in. Right, I, I was surprised at that, and uh, you got a be- again, you got a better uh, pre flop number than most people did as the day went along uh, with taking the plus price and the plus points. But look, it's just one of those where if this the middle game, the middle could this, happen. Yeah, if this game lands right here at one twenty eight, one twenty seven, we got ourselves a middle. If you took. Washington last night and took Toronto uh, at the uh, or excuse, yeah took Toronto at the last minute. Uh, you got a nice little middle here. Uh, by the way, again, a, a really just a, a bad loss of you at the under in this oh, game. It was a dead. It was a dead under, and then we get overtime because of the chicanery at the end of regulation. Uh, Clippers up big right now on the Lakers. Uh, you who I think hit the nail on the head. You want nothing to do with this game. Clippers could be a no show, or the Clippers could just come out and run all over yeah, the make Lakers. It, make it a statement. Which is what we have right now. Now, once again, we're halfway through the first quarter. It's the NBA. I get it. It's 21 to 11. I will tell I will tell you, though, my fade Andre Drummond strategy, not bad for yeah. the first seven minutes. Andre Drummond has not recorded a statistic yet, <laughs> which is very impressive in all honesty, Tim. We're going to head to Milwaukee in 15 minutes. We're going to talk to a buddy of mine, Lance Allen, who's been covering the Packers for, I think, almost two decades We'll talk to him in 15 minutes, but up next, why don't we look at those NFC North odds? Is there value outside of Green Bay? We'll discuss that next. Stick around. It's the nightcap. Come on, Wizards, here on Visa. You know that our VEASAN experts are covering every sport on the board this spring to find the best bets every day. And now is a great time to invest in your long-term betting success. We provide all the tools you need to make the most informed bet every time, even if that means telling you when not making a bet is your best option. Our 24-7 video coverage, Miss Frito. Data and analysis on vcin.com, daily members-only best bet emails, and in-depth coverage of every major event in Point Spread Weekly is designed to improve your success year-round so your bankroll lasts longer and you can increase 
your sports betting IQ. Learn from our experience and put our team to work for you today. Get a 10-day free trial, vcin.com backslash subscribe. It's never easy. Why did I bet the Wizards back-to-back night? I don't know. I, I just, don't. just uh, well. I mean, once again, the, I, took, I took two and a half, but I'm greedy. I'm greedy. I want the money line, too. Uh, I'm greedy. I want it. You're good. It's over. All right. You're good. Siakam misses a three at the buzzer. The Wizards win 131-129 in overtime. And both of us at the desk are winners on that game. Wizards, Wizards. And uh, now I'm on Golden State Watch. They lead by eight with 17 seconds to go. I laid eight in the first half against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Wizards get it done 130 to 131 to 129 because of overtime. The over comes home over 236. And the Wizards, if you got the closing number, push. If you got it earlier in the day, you got a victory, and they win the game outright. 131-129. Clippers up on the Lakers, 24-14. We're going to talk to Lance Allen from WTMJ in Milwaukee in 10 minutes as the Rodgers turns. What's the latest? Uh, what was the latest today? Oh, the Packers are looking at veteran quarterbacks. Blake Bortles, let's go. Uh, and uh, I believe... Uh, Mr. Kuhn, the former uh, fullback there in Green Bay, said there's a 70 to 75% chance that Aaron Rodgers will be the starter. So that's the latest on Aaron Rodgers' watch, or as the Aaron turns when it comes to uh, Mr. Uh, Number 12 there in Green Bay. But let's, uh, you know, we talked to Chris uh, Chrissy Andrews yesterday, uh, Jeff, about the odds they posted there at the South Point of who will win divisions. I want to go to the NFC North. Uh, As the show goes on, I want to kind of just sporadically throw in different uh, divisions. The NFC North, the Packers remain the favorites. They open minus $1.50. If they have Aaron Rodgers returning, that's a fair price. Very much so, right? I mean, they were 13-3 and last year. Uh, Their offense, uh, you did lose a little bit. You, You lost some on your offensive line. Um, but Bakhtiari's back. They re-signed Aaron Jones, even though I was surprised at that move. I am intrigued by the Vikings. Insert Kirk Cousins joke. I get it. But what they have done over the past couple of years is they have strengthened that offensive line quite considerably. And there's a thought out there that the Kellen Mond draft selection in the third round is going to uh, mess with Kirk Cousins. I guess it could, but reportedly they reached out to Kirk Cousins and said, hey, there's a good chance we're going to get a quarterback in the third round. And it's a third-round pick. It's not a first-round pick. They didn't get Justin Fields. They didn't get, you know, Mac Jones. They got Kellen Mond, who has who has issues, man. There's a reason he was a third-round pick. If you watch Texas A&M football, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Kellen Mond. So you get Kellen Mond in the second round. They get Christian Darasaw, who's a plug-and-play starting tackle. Last year, they, they drafted uh, Garrett Bradbury. Uh, actually, that was two years ago. They drafted Garrett Bradbury. They got Ezra Cleveland, who was a plug-and-play starter in the second round last year. So they have slowly continued to rebuild this offense. Justin Jefferson is as productive as any receiver in the league. Had 1,400 yards receiving last year. You still have Adam Thielen. You have Irv Smith Jr. The defense is bad. But at plus 350, I'm intrigued by the Vikings. I think this team has a bunch of talent. 
And I, it is another offensive coordinator, though. That's another <laughs> offensive requirement. There. I mean, it is, it's unbelievable uh, how many offensive coordinators they go through. But that team in the Vikings at that price, Jeff, at plus 350. Remember, they split with uh, they split with the Vikings, uh, with the uh, Packers last year. Uh, that was a game where Dalvin Cook went nuts. I didn't even mention Dalvin Cook. They have Dalvin Cook, too. So offensively, they got so many weapons. And if, if Kirk Cousins is efficient and doesn't make, you know, boneheaded mistakes, which he's one to do from time to time, I think the, the Vikings right now with the uncertainty in Green Bay at plus 350 are an intriguing play. So, Tim, uh, oh, you, I'm happy you brought up that uh, the second Viking-Packer game, which was the game that featured and featured legitimately only eight possessions each side. Yeah, it was just a, it was the most efficient offensive game ever, basically. And uh, wasn't but, it really windy? I, I don't, there was some sort of. I think it was. Un, I think it was. It was in the middle of the season, and it was already like December cold. I yeah, think it, was, it was. It was something weird with that. Twenty-eight, twenty-two was the final. Only reason I remember that is I had that game over forty-eight and a half. <laughs> Needed Green Bay to go for two down <laughs> down eight late. They went for two. They originally ruled it wasn't good. They reviewed it. It was good. That was a winner. Um, but uh, I look, Minnesota, I have no issue with you going that route here if you're looking at that. I'm going to just play, uh, put, put the hat on the Chicago Bears here real quick just, just to play it a little bit differently than you, Tim. Because the Bears, yeah, they have a second-place schedule, mm-hmm. but they made the playoffs a year ago with subpar, uh, subpar quarterbacking play. You imagine, regardless of even if it's Dalton for a little a little bit, once Fields is get, gets in there, you know it's going to be a little bit better than it was with Trubisky. And Khalil Mack did nothing last year. Khalil Mack's going to be better than he was a year ago in 2021. And the Bears, to me, have a better defense than Minnesota does. And that defense, we already saw it win the division by accident a few years ago with Trubisky at quarterback. So... To me, that would be the bet at four to one. I actually would have liked a little bit more of a price, but I understand that price has come down because yeah. of the uncertainty in Green Bay and the drafting of Justin Fields. Yeah, and I think the the intrigue there of Justin Fields and someone who's uh, scheduled to join us in studio tomorrow, Ooh. George Shahuri from PFF. I, I I imagine he'll be walking in here with a Chicago Bears Fields jersey. <laughs> I mean, he has been singing his praises for weeks now. Um, because he's a Niners fan and wanted Justin Fields to go to San Francisco. But I, I totally get that, and I, I'm with you. At, at, at plus 450, plus 500, man. I would have done it. That's a, a, that's a fire away. And even at 4-1, because of the potential of Justin Fields, the Packers very well could win that division. But number 12 has to be the quarterback. <laughs> number 10 ain't getting it done. No offense. But I said with all due respect, <laughs> we'll talk to Lance Allen. WTMJ in Milwaukee. Will Aaron Rodgers be the starting quarterback at some point this year for the Green Bay Packers? We'll get his thoughts next right here on the Nightcap. Welcome back into the Indeed.com studio. Resumes are good. Resumes with an Indeed skills test are better. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Tim Murray and Jeff Parles live from the Circus Sportsbook. 
and uh, the Lakers and Clippers ongoing as we speak. I can only see the Lakers uh, portion of this. Thirty-three score. to twenty-three, Clippers. All right, so early second quarter. Clippers up big, and Golden State up ten. Good job, boys. Keep it right around that. I uh, need you to lead by eight heading into uh, heading into the break there. So Golden State and uh, the tanking Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. But the talk of the sports world and even the betting world is what's going to happen with the Green Bay Packers. Their wins, their season win total off the board right now. Uh, but there are odds for them to win the NFC North, and they are minus 150. And to talk more about the Green Bay Packers, I bring in a friend uh, from TMJ up in Milwaukee. It is Lance Allen. Lance, are you are you at least doing the 11 tonight? I'd feel terrible if you weren't doing the nightly, the evening news tonight. <laughs> yes, I'm doing that. So I'm up late just like you guys. You know, it's all night Vegas, all night Milwaukee. Kind of <laughs> the same type of city, too. All right, what is what is the every single day? So that what what came out today? I mean, you guys, you probably have like a scroll of different things to keep tabs on of re- reports and rumors. So today it was Packers are shopping for veteran quarterbacks. Uh, Kuhn came out earlier today on on an interview, I think in town, uh, and or no, he was on I think CBS Sports Radio said seventy percent chance Aaron Rodgers will be the starter. So what's your best gauge on this, Lance? Because it, it's been all over the place. It, it is all over the place. This is my humble prediction, and I have very little to go on, but I will say that I've thought for a while that this is the silly season. You know, I, I don't know how much you guys follow NASCAR, but they call it the silly season, and I think that's the appropriate name when guys are changing teams and drivers and this and that, whatever. Same thing. Like when, when the news first broke on draft day, what is the biggest news day in the NFL in the offseason. It's draft day. So obviously when the Rogers stuff leaked, it was to make an impact. It's like throwing a Molotov cocktail in the room and watching everybody react to it or or whatever. And so we are going to hear stuff almost every day or every couple of days or every week until we get closer to training camp. I'm of the opinion that the cap figure is just too crazy that it'll get close to training camp. It's like a game of chicken. And then eventually Aaron Rodgers will come in and he will play for the Green Bay Packers this year. And then beyond this year, all bets are off. Lance, I'll ask you this, though. If, let's just go in, in the hypothetical world where things don't get resolved and, and Aaron doesn't want to play for the Packers, period, doesn't show up and we're two weeks into into training camp and he hasn't shown up. Is that when the Packers would potentially blink? Or is this a scenario where they're just going to say, you know what, if you don't show up, we're just going to hold on to you and eventually you'll show up? Yeah, I think it's more that case. Uh, you know, Brian Gutekunst learned under two pretty good mentors in Ted Thompson and Ron Wolf, And those guys had stomachs of steel. Like they could take, you know, Ted Thompson took a lot of shots for the Brett Favre stuff. Ron Wolf, uh, you know, Ron Wolf was, was a very tough customer. And I get the feeling that they're going to let this thing play out. They're in no rush. Um, yeah. They're going to protect themselves by maybe getting a quarterback or, or doing something. But I do think that they're in the business of just kind of waiting it out, letting this thing play out. Talking once again to Lance Allen from the NBC affiliate up in Milwaukee, TMJ4. He's joining us here uh, on the nightcap. And Lance, 
the, the you know the scenario of of Aaron Rodgers. Let's say he holds out uh, for the first couple of games. You know, what's the thought inside that building about Jordan Love? We know that they were high on him, obviously, to trade up last year in the first round. But he was inactive every single game this year. He did not beat out Tim Boyle for the backup quarterback position. Tim Boyle has since moved on to the Detroit Lions. And as we heard the reports today of you know going out to get a veteran quarterback, not many out there. Um, what is the feeling right now from what you understand the comfort level with Jordan Love there in Green Bay at this point? So this is what's tough, Tim and Jeff, is you know most other years, I could give you guys a better assessment. Sure. And I, I just try to be honest and, and, and say, we and don't know. as far as the general public, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Like, they're, you know, like I, I, for the prism of history, and I've been in Milwaukee, you know, since the earth cooled, so 25 years I've been here a while. Like, when Aaron Rodgers came up in 05 and 06, my honest assessment was, he looked like he was spinning his wheels, and it almost looked like the game was too big for him. That in the preseason he didn't look great, and in practice, you know, he obviously wasn't Brett Favre. And then in '07, Brett Favre's last year was the year where in training camp he pushed Brett and was almost as good. And in the preseason games, he looked really good. And then in the Cowboys game, when um, Brett Favre got hurt and you know, Rodgers went toe-to-toe with Tony Romo and almost won that game. You go, wait a minute, this guy looks like he can play. And Jordan Love, this year, with COVID rules and everything else, we barely got to see much of any training camp, barely got to see anything of him in the preseason, didn't get to see him in preseason games. We don't know. Uh, the Packers claim that he's learning the offense and doing okay, but until he actually sees game action and we see a little bit of him in the preseason, hopefully this preseason, we honestly don't know what that guy brings to the table. Lance, uh, the, I, Andrew Brandt made this point the other day on Twitter, and, I, and this is really stands out to me, and I just want your thoughts on this, where Aaron Jones could have gone anywhere and gotten a deal that was bigger than what the Packers ended up giving him. David Bakhtiari would have been a, a, a household name on the market this offseason, but they both elected – to go back to Green Bay. That's what is standing out to me here, Lance, of Aaron Rodgers is still going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers whenever they take the field during week one of this upcoming season. And I think that's a good point, too, in the sense that, you know, you think back to, like, David Bakhtiari re-signing with the team in November, and you can't tell me that this is something that just popped up instantly. Like, you know, Rogers and Bakhtiari are arguably, you know, the Rogers closest teammate right now is arguably David Bakhtiari. So Bakhtiari re-signed with them late last year, November, December, and same thing, Aaron Jones. And you've still got, you know, guys and elements and, and, you know, people on the team that it, 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 it's, it's the basis of a really good team. Now, can they get over the hump? Can they finally get to the Super Bowl? That remains to be seen. But there are definitely a lot of pieces there to the puzzle that you got to really, really like, um, and and that that's where that's the camp that I'm in. And maybe I'm being Pollyannish, and maybe I'm being a little bit too optimistic or whatever. But I just think you know we're going to hear some chirping. There are going to be some uncomfortable moments, but eventually, I think Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay. Yeah, that's that's kind of I think today, and, and I don't know, Lance. You know, being immersed like you are, it, it it's. It, Maybe not as much uh, like I do, but I just it's, it changes every day. I would say earlier this week, I felt like he's getting traded. 
And now today, I just have a, I have a hunch that he, he's going to ultimately cooler heads will prevail and, you know, things, things will get worked out there. And, and I think, you know, both sides right now seem to be digging their heels in. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers saying, I'm not coming back, and, and the Packers saying, we're not trading you. Um, but looking at this roster as a whole, uh, you know, they spend a, a second-round pick uh, on an offensive lineman. They get Eric Stokes late first round to try to shore up that secondary. Um, you know, they, they actually spent draft capital on a wide receiver. I was sitting on air. I mean, it was like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Santa Claus exists. They actually drafted a wide receiver. Wow, this is unbelievable. Um, and it was A. Rogers, too, which uh, was, was, was nice. Yeah, Rogers to Rogers. A. Rogers, they, they can't abbreviate it because it'd be, you know, everybody would be confused, right? You know? so, so, Lance, what, you know, looking at this, uh, this roster, assuming that number 12 does return, which I know is a big assumption, a big leap of faith, there's a reason they're the favorite odds on to win this division again. It, I know they lost a little bit on that offensive line, but what do you make of this team from from top to bottom? Back to back, thirteen and three uh, win seasons. The tackle situation is still a little bit of a concern, and I mentioned Bakhtiari that he, you know, all indications are he is rehabbing well, he's healing well. I still think it would be ambitious for him to be ready week one, to, regardless of whatever the you know both the GM. Uh, and the head coach saying that that they wouldn't rule it out, but I just think that's that's a really risky thing to put somebody out there coming off uh, an ACL that early. Um, but you know you've got Elton Jenkins who's so versatile that he can play all over the line, young guy. Um, and, and you mentioned you know they drafted a lot of offensive linemen. Uh, the one position that maybe they were a little thin at cornerback, they at least got a guy that can run four two nine forty speed. That you know, some of the, one of the criticisms of the Packers in years past is that they don't have a lot of burners. Well, you know, they just upgraded their team speed there, um, and and you've got a, a wide receiver in Rodgers that seems like he is a guy that you can throw in the slot and you can kind of work him into the system, and he will be a weapon for you. So, yeah, you've got Aaron Jones, and you've still got a really good offensive line despite the departure of Corey Lindsley, and you still have a lot of the elements. I think. You know, tight end is a position where, you know, Josiah DeGuara was getting more snaps last year when he hurt his knee. Um, they have high hopes for him and Jay Sternberger. Um, the defensive lineman situation, I mean, Kenny Clark has got to be ecstatic that they drafted a 340-pound dude to play alongside him if, if they can get him up to speed. Um, there are a lot of things there to like. The question is, how many more mental scars can you overcome when you're that close? When yep. you, one year you get boat raced by the 49ers, and then last year, close game, but at home, and you stub your toe. That that's Those are the questions that they mentally, the mental hurdles that they got to overcome. There's no doubt about it. And uh, always uh, always appreciate the time, Lance, and I'll be up in uh, in your neck of the woods in, uh, in late July. So looking forward to it. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Anytime. There he is. Lance Allen from the NBC affiliate in Milwaukee. It's the Nightcap here on VEASAN.